Have you ever told your kids to do something and they just don't do it? We have all experienced that. Today, we're going to give some tips about getting better results when you give directions. Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Okay, I have our face palm today, and I am on a trend of not being able to wake up in the mornings. <laughs> I'm just dying tired, and I'm getting good sleep. I set my little alarm, and you know how you can do like the bedtime, and it shows you how many hours. Oh, uh-huh. have you done that? No. So on the iPhone, it's like bedtime, and you, it shows you uh-huh. how many hours. So you know, I'm like, I drag my alarm until I'm getting at least like seven and a half. Is like, I'm still not that excited about that, but I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. I'm getting like eight hours, eight and a half hours of sleep with some being woken up in the night, but I'm dying and I've been getting up so late for myself lately and I was feeling really bugged about it and that's my face palm, but I've decided I'm just going to accept it and just accept the sleep and do a five minute miracle morning. That's the beautiful thing about morning (laughs) routine is they can be condensed down to five minutes if you need it and there are times Uh, in our lives where we need that. I do crave the long morning routine, though. So mm-hmm. hopefully, I think now that it's summer, it's sun coming up earlier, it'll be easier to get up. But <sighs> I've been so tired. And also, I know your kids are not letting you sleep through the night all the night. So they're not. <laughs> Give yourself some grace there. Felicia, we meet <laughs> once a week. <laughs> we meet in the morning and she'll be like, so Cohen was in my room for like two hours last night. And then Lennon came in four times. It's uh, like, oh my heavens. That's not a full seven and a half hours of sleep, my friend. <laughs> Take 50% off for all the wake ups. <laughs> Seriously. You're doing great. Okay, well, my high five may sound like a face palm, but I consider it a high five. So... I was, I can't even remember what I was doing with (laughs) my 10 year old. We were like in the kitchen. I think I was cleaning, like wiping off the table. And I like started dancing or something. I don't even know what I was doing, but she was kind of feeling cranky. And she's like, mommy, why can't you just be normal? (laughs) And I'm like, thank you. I'm not. (laughs) I'm like, I never will be. And I like, like start doing a jig. Like, (laughs) Never going to happen, sister. <laughs> anyway, and I like took it as such a compliment. The like, <laughs> she I thinks I'm that. not normal. I love anyway, that. she was meaning it as an insult at the time. She was very, <laughs> she was not happy. And because and, anytime like she'll ever be like, other parents do that. I'm like, I don't even care. Like yeah. that isn't even like a, <laughs> not even a thing not for an me. argument that works here. <laughs> <laughs> but then it was cute because then later she's like, I actually like how you are. Anyway, it was just cute. That's when she was cute. cranky though, nobody likes their parent being weird it's when they're true. cranky oh but then yes. when it's fun and we're having yeah. a nice party together then they all love it so yes. anyway that's my that's my high five is people aren't gonna love you when you're being <laughs> yourself all the time and that's okay you just keep being yourself and there are times where they're gonna love it and times where they're not but yeah to me that's I like love the best that. compliment ever that's like can't you just like be seen normal that in a movie can't you just be normal <laughs> yeah Mom. and uh that may happen more when she's a teenager <laughs> but that's actually the first time she's ever told me that before but oh, anyway but i funny. seriously took it as a compliment like i love it 
no need to be normal. And I want her to know you don't have to do what everybody else does. You just do it's you. True. It's true. And that's hard to resist when you're a teenager, though. So we'll it's see true. how it goes. I love that. Okay, so today we're going to talk about <clears throat> a book called Simplicity Parenting. Sorry. It's actually correction. <laughs> <laughs> the first book that this author wrote, Kim John Payne, is Simplicity Parenting. Which we've heard is amazing. <laughs> yes. Well, I have read. Yeah. Felicia's read it. Very good. Recommended. And we will talk about it in a future episode. <laughs> this book is called The Soul of Discipline. And can I just say, it's funny that she just called it that because <laughs> she's been telling me to read it and we, we're on Audible together. Anyway, we literally like share this library and I keep looking for it. I'm like, Felicia, I cannot find that book. It is nowhere to be seen. And finally she's like, oh, whoops. Just kidding. Different title. <laughs> anyway. They all blend together in the end. Um, so I, I really love this book. His whole, Kim John Payne's whole theories are on simplifying a child's life so they have less things coming at them and distraction and they're less busy um, and that's what simplicity parenting is about and then this book is breaking child's uh, children's developmental stages down into age groups and how you can lead guide direct them through those age groups that pertain to their developmental stage so there are three developmental stages that he talks about the first one is the governor stage and that is toddler to around eight or nine um, depending on your kid and this stage is <coughs> where you are the authority over their life you're directing most everything they do and he clarifies it by saying you are the author in quotes itty of their life and what they do so author like you are designing and creating what their life is going to be you're making most of the decision decisions um and so he says the way you can think about that is you're saying here are our plans so you're telling them pretty much everything they're going to do in their day um the next stage is gardener stage which is about eight or nine through the tween years so what is even is that 12 13 mm -hmm. probably different What's for every tween? kid but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and so that's when they tell you a little bit more of their plans so tell me your plans and then i'm going to pretty much decide what you're going to do still but i want to take into consideration your thoughts and then the guide stage is tween to adult so what what is your vision? What is your long-term plan for your life? I'm going to help you support that vision. So you're still giving them guidance, but it's based on a long-term vision or goal that you've seen together that they want. Um, so there's a lot of information in this book. We're going to break it down into three different episodes for the age groups. And so today we're obviously going to start with Governor. And in this stage, it actually, the thing I love about it, because, you know, sometimes we do give our, you know, we give our kids choices a <laughs> lot, but when they're little, yeah, we're never saying things like, hey, choose anything here. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we really limit even the choices that we give are very contrived. Like my, my dad was like, when he heard about, we were doing something with love and logic, I think at the time, and he's like, it sounds like you're just controlling every, dis like even the little decisions, you're making them feel like they have control, but <laughs> they really don't. And I'm like, yeah, actually, and that's just, that, yeah, that that's actually it. is the principle that, yeah, like you're choosing between the blue shirt and the green shirt, but I've already chosen the two shirts and I know they're going to work for what we're doing that day. Right. You know what I mean? Totally. So even the decisions that we're making, we're still kind of, we have a very, you know, smaller framework we're working with. And the whole idea mm -hmm. is when they're at this age, the way their brains are developing and stuff, that makes them feel safe. Yep. You know what I mean? Exactly. We, we 
set the pace. We do a lot of things. We make a lot of decisions for them. And then we choose deliberate smaller decisions. But it may sound controlling, but it's not. We're just giving them a safe framework to do their own free stuff as children. Exactly. In that frame, which we've talked a lot about. But something that he says, which I just love. So, and we're going to talk this concept. If we can just change this. When you're giving your kids instructions, now again, we're talking about young children. He calls it the iron fist in a velvet glove is what we don't want. Mm-hmm. You don't, and that's the, I, the concept of requesting. Mm-hmm. When you request, when you're like, hey, <laughs> who wants to do this? And nobody wants to or do suggest, it. Or suggest, maybe would you want to put on your pants? <laughs> yeah. See how it's just like you're leaving it open. You're wanting them to say a certain thing. Mm-hmm. But you have your agenda, but you're not asking it like you have an agenda. So they feel like, okay, I can either say what I really want here, which is no, but Mm -hmm. I know my mom is wanting me to say yes, but she's asking it like a question. So, Mm -hmm. and it ends up being very confusing for little kids. Mm -hmm. And so if you can just change literally, and I don't know how many of you out here, when I've been noticing when I do it with myself, oh, it makes such a big difference. You just say it as a statement. We're going to get dressed now Mm -hmm. instead of, do you want to get dressed? Mm -hmm. And I've actually found, I just these last couple of weeks, I don't know why I've gotten into this habit. It's a terrible habit. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm, I mean, so I'm just going to share with you. Mm-hmm. My kids are pretty good. My older kids are really great. And I'll be like, okay, it's tidy time. Everybody take their zone. And they just go and do it. My, mm-hmm. my two daughters, I mean, they'll just go and do it. But I've started saying, hey, who wants mm-hmm. to go outside and grab all the soccer mm-hmm. balls that are spread out over the yard? And guess what happens? <laughs> they all say, not me, not me, not me, not me. <laughs> and I'm asking the question because I thought, oh, you guys are doing so great. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, wait. You clearly still need direction. Oh, my heavens. <laughs> Why did I just do that? Anyway, yeah. so I would recommend not asking that question. <laughs> Unless yeah. your kids volunteer all the time, like they're jumping to do chores for you. Yes. I would just <laughs> stop the request concept and you just give it as a calm, not a mean direction, not like a everybody. Yeah. Just a, uh, we are cleaning up now. Mm-hmm go to your zones please mm-hmm. so just that that's just one little shift but that's the first tip we're giving you is switch your requests mm-hmm. to gentle kind but firm directions yep firm and insisting so instead of saying something like do you want to pick up the toys because clearly no kid wants to pick up the toys but you feel like you're being nice and kind and respectful it's like a false sense of it, you feel a like false a sense. false sense of choice yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so in the book he gives examples of these kids who were like i'm i almost have <clears throat> the kids almost had anxiety mm-hmm. because they didn't know the right answer mm-hmm. do you want to pick up the toys no but i know i'm gonna get in trouble if i say that and they can't these the kids are too little they can't look into the future and see oh maybe i do want to pick up the toys because then the room will be nice and clean and i'll feel good and we can go play at the park they can't see that concept they're right here saying no i don't want to pick up the toys but if i say that i'm gonna get in trouble Mm -hmm. so if you can just switch it to just a straightforward direction pick up the toy please toys please or now we're gonna pick up the toys and start moving into doing it then it leaves no confusion for them um, because if we give the little, little kids too many choices, they just feel out of control. So if you start little, start with toddler and start building this healthy compliance. So they're used to hearing you say, put on your pants, please pick up your toys, please. And there's not, there's clear boundaries and over time there'll be less pushback because mm-hmm. it's just what we do. Mm-hmm. And I like that you actually put the word please in there because... 
when they ask me for things, I actually like them to have good manners. They don't have right. to ask it as a question. You know, I like them when they say please. So mm-hmm. actually, I'm glad you included that word because you're still saying it as a statement, but you're using good manners while yeah. you're doing it. You're modeling good manners. Yeah. And something about this concept that I love that he talks about is um, the idea that we all know delayed gratification is important. Everybody knows that. Everybody's mm-hmm. heard of the marshmallow test with the little kids who, the ones who could, you know, eat one marshmallow now, or you can have four if you wait. The ones who could wait to get more later, like had better outcomes. I mean, higher awesome. IQs when they're yeah older. It's crazy. So we all know, and even as adults, like we can see it in our own lives, right? If I can do this and wait, I mean, that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So I had never actually put this together until I read this book. But that when we set clear boundaries, which we've talked a lot about boundaries, if you go back to our episode about setting boundaries specifically, mm-hmm. there's a lot about boundaries there. How the difference between well-behaved children and not well-behaved children, some people think respectful, gentle parenting kids are crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's because they're not setting boundaries. Yeah. So you can still be gentle and you. respectful <laughs> with boundaries. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of boundaries. But the boundaries actually teach kids delayed gratification. I had never like put those two together. But the limits that we set, the framework that we set around our children and the boundaries we set and how we hold them in a gentle, respectful way, mm-hmm. that's actually what teaches our kids. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, it allows them actually later to be able to discipline themselves, which is like mm-hmm. the whole goal right we want our kids to have yeah i like love that concept and he even said he uses the words actually (laughs) the whole concept of if you ever have a kid who's like demanding no 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 i want this right now and Mm -hmm. you know you've already decided i'm not going to give this thing right now Mm -hmm. or i haven't decided i need Mm -hmm. to like think about it Mm -hmm. you can actually say when you demand now it means no Mm -hmm. felicia just used this and it worked for her (laughs) it did work for me i was I was being demanded of uh, popsicles. <laughs> and But I really like the concept of if you're demanding me right now, 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 it's just going to mean no in this moment. And then we're going to pause and we're going to take a second and we're going to figure out what the boundary here is. So, for example, I feel like this happens a lot with kids um, when you're talking to another adult. Mm-hmm. And it's hard mm-hmm. because you feel... You'll, you feel bad because they're coming up and they're like, mom, mom. And even, they might even want to be telling you something really cool or yeah, show you something really sweet. sweet. Times, yeah. yeah. But they aren't respecting that boundary. And think of this. So if you just let your kid every single time you're talking to an adult come up and say and interrupt your conversation over and over again and you allow them to, then think of their lifetime of will they just be inter- interrupting conversations for the rest of their lives just thinking they can go up as adults we don't go up and just say hey 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 (laughs) hey when someone's in a conversation and expect them to turn right to you so as to use this example when your kid comes up and is talking to you when you're in a conversation you can so uh whatever works for you kim john Payne recommends holding up your hand kind of in like a stop it's not like in their face but just like just a calm, like you're holding your hand up, like I'm finishing mm-hmm. this thought, just mm-hmm. like a gentle hand yeah. towards them or even hold on to their I like to have arm. one finger up. For some reason, one it feels, finger. to me, it feels less like a push away, yeah, like more a like stop. a just a minute. hold, please. Yeah, yeah, totally. So whatever feel good, feels good to you. Sometimes I like hold their hand or something just like, I, I know you're here. I'm acknowledging your existence, but just hold on a second. And then he says to say to the person you're talking to, 
I'm sorry, Tarlin. Cohen has something really important he needs to tell me. So you're giving them that respect and modeling what you would do in a normal conversation. So yes, Cohen, hear what they have to say and then say, okay, I'm going to finish my conversation now and turn back. Uh-huh. And so if, you're, if your kid has a hard time with this, like interrupting, you have to start small. So maybe you continue your conversation for like five or 10 seconds. But I've noticed over time as I have done this, my kids will now, they have a lot more delayed gratification with trying to tell me something. They'll wait, 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 wait. And even sometimes they'll wait till I'm completely done and I'm just not talking, <laughs> which didn't <laughs> always used to be like that. And with us, never happens. <laughs> like, That's have true. you ever thought that? Like, we'll be at the park and it's like, I actually love this this um, theory or this uh, method because mm-hmm. it's making them wait a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just saying, just I'm respecting the person I'm talking to and letting them finish their mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. You know, if Felicia's burying her soul to me, I'm not just going to be like, oh, what, what? Yeah. You know, so they can see what Felicia's saying to me is really important right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to let her finish. But I like the concept of, you know, you start with five seconds or up to 30 seconds. I usually mm-hmm. have my, I don't know how my kids wait more than 30 seconds. Yeah. Because I do want to hear what they have to say. Totally. But I can still respect Felicia. And I've thought about before, and I've even read, you know, articles of people who claim just never let them interrupt you ever. Right. Ever. But the problem for me with that is if I'm chatting with Felicia, let's just say, for example, and we're at the park, <laughs> for two we're hours. not going to gap. <laughs> There's going to be no gap in our conversation <laughs> for two straight hours. So if I waited till we're totally done, the poor kids would never say yeah. a word. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's probably not fair to them. If yeah. you are maybe a more, you know, you enjoy silence, <laughs> that might work for you. But we just like, you get gabbing and it's yeah. like, there's going to be no break here. So I, I feel, I feel very successful if Felicia can finish the few sentences or I can finish my story. Yep. Usually takes about 30 seconds. And yeah, again, you're there, mm-hmm. maybe a hand up, maybe an arm on them. But anyway, it's worked. It's worked very well for and us. And that's that a normal conversation feeling. flow. Exactly. Multiple people get to input. Mm-hmm. You wait yeah. for a break. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I really, I love that. Um, learning to control their impulses. Okay, there's a lot. So we're going to take a break (laughs) and we're going to come back with um, steps to apply this to situations and some examples. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we're going to break it down into hopefully some simple, easy steps. So the steps are for giving direction that is simple and that hopefully (laughs) your kids will understand and follow are first to pause as usual. The pause is golden. Then connect with them. Connect, then direct, but connect first and then break down Um, your direction into small steps. So those are the three things. Pause, connect, then direct, then break down into small, simple steps. So we're going to go through those. So the first one, the pause, we've talked about this (laughs) before. (laughs) The pause. But it's funny because he actually used that and I was like, oh my gosh, yes, I love it. Um, But with direction, there's some specific things to think about before you give direction um, that can give you a little more clarity of 
on what why am i even giving this direction mm-hmm. so some things you can think about and it doesn't have to be like get out your journal and write these down just <laughs> for every instruction you ever give <laughs> just quick do i really need this to happen so say for instance like put on your coat thinking your head okay do i really need this to happen do i really need them to put on their coat is it okay if they don't work out so do i need this to happen is it a reasonable instruction kind of go together can i simplify it any further is this a good time and place for it? So mm-hmm. am I giving like a barking instruction while my kids really deep into some sort of play that we don't really need to leave yet? Or are they having an emotional kind of tantrum time and now I'm going to try to direct them through like 10 things? Is it mm-hmm. a good time? Is it a good place? And then have I modeled this request, which I think is huge. We can't ask our kids to do anything that mm-hmm. we're not going to do. Yep. yeah that one's a tricky one (laughs) sometimes for us but it's an important question to ask super important so after you've kind of thought about that pretty quick hopefully (laughs) after you practice it um, imagine the outcome that you'd like to happen so don't go into giving a direction thinking oh they never put on their shoes when i ask i'm just like already know they're not gonna do it and i'm you're moving in with that energy of put on your shoes mm-hmm. <laughs> please <laughs> so move that in desperation yeah, that like, total, oh. like <laughs> so move in knowing seeing in your mind them putting on their shoes really easily they're going to comply with what i'm asking and i like this concept you may think really visualize my kids obeying me but kim john Payne makes a really good point athletes do this all the time mm-hmm. when they're doing something so us as parents honestly giving our kids directions and actually having them obey it is just like a big athletic event for some people so it's worth taking the 10 seconds it takes to be like okay i'm going to Mm -hmm. i'm going to give instructions here and they are going to listen that Mm -hmm. little visualization Mm -hmm. i think actually helps it happen but also just like you said makes you come in with a way different energy (laughs) because there are sometimes where i'm i i can feel as you were describing i can like feel that feeling where it's like i almost want to cry it's like why can't you just do it (laughs) you know that's not a great energy to come into a situation with (laughs) it's so true yep exactly okay so then after you've paused and done all those things to kind of get yourself in the zone then you need to help your kid your child reorient to your direction Excellent. Because, and uh, he actually says a lot of times what we think is kids misbehaving is just them being disoriented. Mm -hmm. So I think his actual thing is there's no such thing as bad kids, only disoriented kids. So anytime we can help orient them, have an anchor to kind of hold Mm -hmm. on to, it helps the situation a lot. So this, oh, I have been so guilty of this. So (laughs) this is, this is for me guys. Um, His instruction is to connect before you direct. Always take a minute to actually connect with your kid. What world are they in? If if they are, and again, I actually think it's really important when your kids are deep in play, it's so good for their brains. If you can, if you cannot interrupt, interrupt, but there are times where you have to, right? So you come in and you can say a sentence that connects you to their world. So wow, that dinosaur looks ferocious Mm -hmm. that you're drawing. Oh, Mm -hmm. I love it. So, you know, something, whatever. Mm -hmm. You're making a statement about whatever they're doing in their world right now. Mm -hmm. Or, wow, I can see you are having so much fun jumping on the tramp. Now it's time for us to go towards the car because we have a soccer game. Mm -hmm. So just the sentence of, I am seeing where you are 
I'm connecting with you. He actually says, if you can get close to them, that helps proximity. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you're directing them. And the reason why I say this is something for me totally is, oh my heavens. So my older two kids, they're, they're older now. And I can, for the most part, because when they were little, because I didn't have older kids, I was always with them. Like Mm -hmm. if we're going to tidy up toys, we're doing it together because they were little and I didn't expect them to do it on their own. And now they're fantastic. I just tell them, I can like tell them across the room and they just go and do it. But unfortunately for my five-year-old, I've realized that I haven't done that as much with him because I have the older kids. So I'm just giving everybody directions from across the room. Right. Everybody do your zones, Mm -hmm. you know, I turn on our cleaning music and we just do it. And then somehow he doesn't do it. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. You didn't take my instruction from across the room to pick up your (laughs) toy? While I was walking the other direction. (laughs) Yeah. As I'm walking the other direction to empty the dishwasher. Because I'm just so busy doing my own thing. It's like, why can't we all just... uh, And you feel like, ah, that seems like so much work to go help you and so much time. Yes. It seems like I don't want to take out the time Mm -hmm. to go and connect with him. But he is in this age, this age group of the governor stage where he does need a little bit more actual like direction me being with him so way and i've and i've tried this with him and it helps so much this is like huge instead of as i'm entering the dishwasher being like hey parker (laughs) pick up your toys and put them in the bucket and then being surprised that he doesn't do it (laughs) and then feeling frustrated yes i actually now take the time i leave the dishwasher go over to him wow you are loving doing this right now Mm -hmm. oh wow that looks really fun i can see why you love doing that but we're going to tidy for 10 minutes before we leave. So we are we are mm-hmm. going to put the toys in the bucket. And then we actually start doing it together. And guess mm-hmm. what? It actually works. He mm-hmm. does it. And again, it seems like why take the time out to do that? But I found that, first of all, I'm Wait, teaching him so that one day he'll get to the place where my girls are, where he doesn't need that closer proximity. And I'm actually modeling it because I think a lot of times for little kids, they feel overwhelmed. Like, mm-hmm. wait, wait, you want me to clean my room? I'm only mm-hmm. five. I don't mm-hmm. even know where to start. Mm-hmm. So I think doing it with them, they have positive associations with the activity that you're doing. So they're actually, and I know we keep using tidying here, but it's just something I face every single day of my yes. life, right? Yes. <laughs> and I think we all do. Mm-hmm. So you're actually promoting positive connection. Like they have a positive feeling when they're tidying. You're teaching them how to do it. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it actually does save you time because I can guarantee, yeah, if I'm saying it from across the room, yeah, I'm not yelling, it's, but it's just enough. I don't have the proximity mm-hmm. to actually have any <clears throat> influence over him. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just, he doesn't feel connected at all. Mm-hmm. What always ends up happening is, yeah, I, sure, I get the dishwasher emptied, but then I go over, but then I'm just feeling frustrated at that point, mm-hmm. and I still end up having to do it, and he's not feeling like a success. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So in the end, you're not saving any time. Totally. So with little kids... You really have to have some parallel connection. You yep. connect and then you may do it with them to help them. Yep. And that's super helpful. Yep. And I love, he says, <clears throat> for every about 10 times that you take the time to connect, get close with them, you have, you know, one or two on the whim, 20 feet away, flying by instructions because you've built up that credibility and that compli- compliance. Like, my mom has been here. She's modeled it for me. I know she's going to help me to actually do what she says. Mm -hmm. So they'll start to comply more with those on the whim instructions. Mm -hmm. And it leads them into that next phase. Yes. And his rule of, yes. And his rule of thumb is two feet on the floor, two feet away. So Mm -hmm. that's, it's helpful for me to think that literally two feet on the floor. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm like facing, I'm right by you. So Mm -hmm. I'm not like doing a handstand, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm not like Mm -hmm. totally distracted. Two feet on the floor within two feet away from the child when you give the instruction. Yes. So just remind, remember that. And for every 10 of those, yeah, you get one 
20 foot away mm-hmm. instruction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, it's good. Yes. I need to bank those 20 feet away ones up. Okay. And then the last step is to break your instruction down into small steps. <laughs> um, so kids, they're little... <laughs> They're little brains. If we just go to clean your room or whatever, just one big instruction, it, they almost have this like disorientation, like, ah, but what's what's in between that? And then I don't even know and I'm not mm-hmm. even going to do it. It's just too much. And it's literally like they've shown the parts of the brain that activate, the being able to see the future, all yep. those kinds of things. It Aren't just activated. isn't there. Yeah. So we're expecting them to look at it from our adult brains and right. that's just not even realistic. Totally. So I found that this really helps when I'm trying to be really direct with my instruction with my little kids. So almost three, almost five. This has been the big key for me. So <clears throat> if I'm going to give two examples. So the first example yesterday, Cohen walked up and took a toy arrow from Len and my three-year-old and threw it down our stairwell. <laughs> That was really fun. And <laughs> so I went up to them. I got close to them and I, I told Cohen, you know, I acknowledged Len. He was really upset. Then I told Cohen, wow, you know, that really hurt Len's feeling. Let's, feelings, let's make it better. Go get the arrow. And of course it was like, man, no, I don't want to get the arrow, blah, blah, blah. You know, fighting back against it. So then I thought, okay, how can I break this down? And I told him the arrow went down the stairwell. So you're going to go down the stairs down the bottom stairs and get the arrow and still he was no no i'm not going to get the arrow so at that point i had you know he's kind of upset and i'm not going to negotiate or explain it further because that's just what we're doing so i held his hand and led him down the stairs showed him the actual steps got the arrow okay now hold the arrow we're going to take it back up to len and followed him through the whole process of going and getting the arrow in myself from trying to remain calm and just insisting on the follow through of the direction that I gave. And we brought it up to Lynn because it's really important. If you, if you decide this is important for him to write this and make Lynn feel better, he needs to go and get the arrow. And I, and I decide to give that instruction. I could have just not decided to give that instruction. I could have just went and got the arrow and decided that wasn't a big deal Mm -hmm. to me. And that would have been fine. It would have been fine. But in that moment, since I had already decided go get the arrow, I needed to fall through calmly and firmly, but fall through. We're going to go get the arrow and take him down and get it and bring it back up. Mm-hmm. So, and on that note, I actually think it's important. First of all, I love that example because sometimes it doesn't go. They, as soon as you give the small instructions, then yeah. they just do it. Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't happen. So that's an example of she decided, so she followed through. But I think that also brings up an important thing. <clears throat> Something you, there's conflicting advice out there for this, but Jana Lansbury says this, and I totally agree with it. So in this situation, Felicia was writing a wrong. She was teaching Cohen to write a wrong, right? He had done something to frustrate Lennon, and he was writing that. But sometimes I think we feel like we can force a kid to say sorry. Mm -hmm. Now, she could physically, calmly, gently lead him physically to get that arrow, but you can't force a kid to say certain words. Mm -hmm. So I know we all want children who will apologize, um, but it's actually impossible to totally force it without coercion, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is what Jenna Lansbury does, and I've started adopting it, and I really like it. Um, so if, if one kid does something to the other kid and you feel like it deserves an apology, something that I found is helpful, I can say something like, that hurt him. What can you do to make it right? Mm-hmm. Saying sorry would help, mm-hmm. right? So you're acknowledging the other person's feelings, 
You're not freaking out. You're just mm-hmm. saying, sorry would help. Hurt him. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes they don't say sorry. <clears throat> and yeah. then in that situation, it, it's, it's unlike Felicia's example where I can physically make him do it. Mm-hmm. So my only, what I do now is I just model it. Then I turn to the one who was wronged and I say, I'm so sorry. That looked like it really hurt. Mm-hmm. Can I give you a hug? Mm-hmm. So I'm <clears throat> now turning and I'm modeling what it looks like to right a wrong, mm-hmm. right? And what I found is so a lot of times your kid will choose not to say sorry, but then it's awesome because then later they just start saying it on their own because totally. you've modeled it. So I just want to like put that out there. Force. You yeah. can't really, I mean, I've seen people where they're like, say sorry, say sorry or else. And they yeah. start punishing with timeouts or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really make the person want to say sorry in the future. Right. It's not a genuine sorry. Like you want either. them to actually feel. Mm-hmm. So again, so I just want to throw that out there that that's something when you're teaching your kids to right wrongs, it's a good suggestion that i've loved that tool mm-hmm. i love that when you can't when you can't mm-hmm. physically gently make something happen mm-hmm. when it's something on the inside coming out you can suggest it even give instructions to do it and mm-hmm. then if they don't you m- that's your best option is model it in the most loving way you can and they'll follow mm-hmm. later yep i love that um okay so <clears throat> i have an example where this breaking down the small steps worked so you can see that as well so Last night, Len, my three-year-old, left his bike way down our street, too far for him to go by himself. And so we were all outside and we're cleaning up the outside toys. And I said, Cohen, can you go with Len? No, I wasn't suggesting. I gave a direction. (laughs) (laughs) Cohen, go with Len to get his bike is what I said. And I could tell in their little brains, it was like, I like they were a little confused and so I broke it down and I said so Cohen's bike was on the sidewalk so I said Cohen hop on your white bike and ride by Len down the street to his bike when he gets on you guys come back on the sidewalk together and it just was like oh that's what we do yes Uh and he hopped on his bike and rode by Len and they went down and got the trike together and came back so it, it was one of those times when I saw, when I gave the direction, and we see this a lot with our kids, well, at least I do, I give a direction, and even though it's straightforward, their little brain's like, dee-doo, dee-doo, what? <laughs> like, they're trying that to... That task is a little too much. Yeah, yeah. it's a little too much. So if we can break it down into something smaller, so instead of brush your teeth, hey, Cohen, your green toothbrush and the toothpaste are in the jar in the bathroom on the sink. Go get your toothbrush and your toothpaste and bring it back and brush your teeth. So mm-hmm. it yeah. sounds like, okay, that's a lot. But once we, so you do that with little kids and you build it up, build it mm-hmm. up where, yeah, mm-hmm. probably when they're six or seven, <laughs> you're just going to be able to like go brush yeah. your teeth and it'll be glorious. But right now they just don't quite get it. So if you can build up those little steps. Yeah. You don't have to do it helpful. forever. It's like no. a front end yeah. investment with all totally. of these things. You're yep. investing it in the beginning. It's a little extra time, but it's going to save you time later. Yep. I promise. Totally. And just one note on when you're giving the direction and the steps you want to do as little negotiation and explanation as you can. So once you've explained yourself once on something, so what's the example? Put your coat on. Why? I don't want to. Because it's snowing, so we're going to wear a coat. Boom. You've explained your reason. So don't keep going down the rabbit hole of, or else you'll freeze and then you'll be so cold and you hypothermia and then we'll have to come home. We won't have fun at the park. So instead of going down that rabbit hole with them, it's just we're wearing the coat. Put your left arm in, put your right arm in. This is how we do up the zipper. So insist, calm and firm, but don't go down the rabbit hole of negotiation mm-hmm. with the direction. Right, right, right. And a short explanation, yeah, I agree. Sometimes it's helpful. Yeah. 
the short yeah, yeah the it's short. raining yeah. outside so we're gonna bring in our trikes mm-hmm. because we want to take care of our stuff that one sentence and then you don't say it again yep you know what I mean? you don't exactly. say it, you don't explain yourself any more than the one time mm-hmm. i love that yeah so just to summarize those steps you're going to before giving directions or instructions to your children you're going to pause connect up close and then give directions in small simple steps perfect Okay, so our try this or not this week is um, after taking the time to connect, concentrate on changing your uh, suggestions or requests or questions into straightforward directions. So connect, and then instead of saying, do you want to do this? Change it to do this, please. All right, let's find the magic. (coughs) (laughs) Brown cows.